genre. Welcome to the Jane Silent Bob Minute. We are covering the movie Chasing Amy, one minute at a time. Today we're covering Minute 7, quite possibly the greatest Don't Say It Minute Ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkutch. And I'm Samantha Allen. Well, welcome aboard. Um, you have joined us during a very interesting minute. Um, minute 97 <laughs> starts with dick jokes and ends with we all got to have sex together. So a lot to unpack this minute. <laughs> this, this is a... Uh, <laughs> So uh, I, I think it's maybe the best minute of the movie, to be honest. And I loved getting the chance to revisit this. Like, remember when movies had writing in them? My <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, or just yeah. There's a, a, a severe lack of explosions and quick cuts. Um, what is this? Our third week, Chris, in this room. <laughs> I, I don't think the cameras moved in three weeks. Um, we, I also I enjoy a movie that gets me to dislike the protagonist to this degree as well. <laughs> so by this point you're very familiar with this aquarium behind ben affleck i'm presuming it's it's a bold choice for staging this room and i feel like that most sec- decorators would have been like what are you doing is it I, it's not it's an like, aquarium it's, it's, it's a television, television showing an aquarium thing <laughs> yeah. do people oh, gotcha. watch that is that real like do people put an aquarium on their tv those things um, are on Netflix. You can like watch soothing like fish footage if that's your <laughs> kink. <laughs> At Christmas time, they always talk about the Yule log. The Yule log's on there, so we'll put it on. And about three minutes in, we're like, I can't watch this cat walk past this Yule log one more time. <laughs> Shut it off. Shut it off right Shut now. It off. Put, put the Christmas story on for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, you know it's playing twenty four hours a day, seven days yeah. a week. But when Holden sits down in front of the the fish, I'm just like, this fucking guy, it's such a perfect frame. Uh, He is, I mean, (laughs) if you looked up douchebag in the dictionary, his face is there. He's had, I I don't, I know you've only, I don't know how caught up you are, how caught up what everything is, is uh, he's had so many opportunities to bail out and not do this. He's had, what, Chris, three, four, five people tell him different ways to handle the situation, and he's just... At least, and they're all right, and he's yeah, not. And, and he's, he's never just going right. to press on and just do it the dumbest way possible. I think it's like eminently relatable, though, because I feel like we all want to think we're the kind of person who can sit back and calmly reevaluate their life choices and consciously make a different choice. But I find more realistically uh, in life, we just kind of take an option and destroy it with a nuclear bomb before we allow ourselves to move on to the next thing. And that's that's what's yeah. happening here. He just can't let it go. And I realized uh, last minute he said that he looked at this a thousand different ways because I accused him of being the shittiest Doctor Strange of all time. Um, <laughs> I don't really think that's what happened. I think he did the wrong thing you do is I think he came up with a solution and then tried to build some way to get there. And that's the wrong way to do that. Besides the fact that he's trying to handle two very separate problems at the same time which is always a recipe for disaster yeah oh gosh it's it's like cringe comedy but it's it's better written than most cringe comedy and that like holden is still a character you can understand he's not just being embarrassing to like make the viewer uncomfortable he's being embarrassing in a way that seems totally in character for him Oh, he, I, we, uh, Chris and I have talked about this. He has not changed this whole movie. He, oh, no. 
It fits his character, no doubt. It fits his, his character. His yes. character arc to this point is a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, he has stuck by his uh, standards the entire time. <laughs> yeah, as poor as they may be. <laughs> um, you missed it last minute. It I, cuts uh, back uh, to the uh, the couch. And, like, we see, you know, Banky and Alyssa on, like, either side. Because when we see the shots of Ben Affleck, sorry, I'm just, like, obsessed with the direction in this movie because it's so good. Because the shots of Ben Affleck are, like, he's in the center with the the fish TV and it's just taking up the whole middle of the screen. And then when we do the reverse shot, it's, like, you know, just them on opposite ends of this couch. And you're, like, no way is this going to work. It, it captures the hopelessness of the pitch with a perfect visual vocabulary, I think. Most of the time, he doesn't even show them in the same shot. He flicks back and forth. Well, so that they're not even, it doesn't look like they're sitting next to each that's other. That's a good move because none of them are in the same playing field. If you watch their faces this minute, you have Holden, who is giddy. Like he's about to announce a surprise party that he's going to tell them about. He figured hey, this Banky's out. Banky's lost. Banky's completely befuddled. I don't know if it's he's befuddled with the whole situation or that his best friend just kissed him or that – I don't know if he's – the movie would like you to believe that he's suddenly realizing that he may be gay. I think he's just more wondering why his best friend kissed him, but whatever. And then Alyssa from the beginning of this minute to the end goes from kind of lost to slowly starting to realize where this moron's going and starting to get like that I'd rather be anywhere. Like she's about ready to dive out the window. When the cigarette comes out, you know Alyssa it, is done with him. Yeah. <laughs> Chris and I were just amazed so, she wait, showed so up. Is it, is it not your interpretation that Banky is, Banky is gay? I'm curious. I think they want me to think that he's gay. And the evidence that will accumulate in further movies will prove out that fact. Spoiler alert. He's in a gay relationship later on. But... It seems, from the evidence they've shown me in this movie, this seems like a real 180. Like, I, he just seemed like a homophobic asshole before. and Or, like, he didn't understand like, it at all. Well, like, yeah, when he was at he the did, bar, he, he couldn't yeah, he handle did it. Seem like, he seemed like, not only had he never met a gay person in his entire life, he, he was, like, unfamiliar with that. It was a thing. Like, wow, that's amazing. It'd be like, if somebody started to fly in front of him, he's like, wow, that's a thing that can happen? <laughs> That is what it seemed like he was doing. (laughs) That's something I really appreciate about this movie that I wanted to like bring up when when you asked me on is like, I feel like in a lot of, you know, content with LGBTQ characters today, and I'm part of the community myself, you have characters who are either like, totally completely good and like fully on board and and they're they're great on all queer issues or they're like terrible you know like regressive bigots and i feel like what i appreciate about chasing amy is it shows the more realistic middle ground of like characters encountering and processing like queerness in their lives in like messy ways that don't always look pretty and and aren't always ethical but i think are a little truer to life and i really appreciate like being able to see that versus what we have now which is either like rah rah i'm totally on board as a character or i hate you um yeah yeah there is a lot of that it's everybody in a movie now is either hitler or gandhi they can only be one or the other right Nobody's and nobody ever has this reaction of like um um I don't understand like I'm I'm con- yeah, let me ask a million yeah. questions oh well <laughs> see that's the problem with with Banky's arc in this I don't think what he does at the beginning is bad 
at the beginning when he first finds out she's a lesbian, he's a little nah, I I don't know. I don't think the worst thing in the world is for somebody to be interested in your lifestyle and be like, "Hey, can I ask a bunch of questions about this?" I mean, everything he does after that is horrible, but like at that point he's okay. And, and she seemed to enjoy his questions too. Like they had a good time together at that bar. Yeah. They had a better time than Heron Holden did yeah. at that bar. <laughs> it's just I everything really after that he proves that. That about this movie. I mean, I know it's not like perfect, and like Kevin Smith himself is has been like, yeah, I get it. Like I mess some things up, and and he's heard and understands the criticisms of it. But there's like a humility and a generosity, I think, to the writing that makes it hold up a lot better than a lot of other movies in the '90s that touched on like queer issues. Oh, I mean, yeah, there there's some. I realize 1997. To me, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was, you know, you're closing in on like 25 years now. Yeah. Yeah. A lot can change in 25 years. <laughs> um, go back and watch shows, TV, other stuff from around that time. Most of it is not. Revenge of the Nerds. Listen, Revenge of the Nerds is the 80s. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> Don't get me started on the rape by deception in Revenge of the Nerds, okay? <laughs> I just bring that up anytime you should go back and watch this because that one is and the like, worst. <laughs> and I can watch a movie and be like, all right, I can divorce it from reality and understand whatever. I can also understand that. I can di- I can probably count on one hand how many male heterosexual white directors have ever made a movie that even glanced on this topic. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like people come at the movie and for reasons I understand and they like critique it for being about like Holden self-actualizing realizing something about himself by getting into this relationship with a lesbian i uh, past recent reinterpretations have kind of made the case that Alyssa's bisexual there's all sorts of ways you can claim or like look at her and like the critique is fair like it is about ben affleck's character realizing something about himself through this relationship but i i it's at least an interesting process to watch. I mean, for me, especially like, you know, being a queer woman, like you sometimes have these experiences where people see you out living your life in a subculture they don't understand. And it sort of like unlocks something for them. Like they realize ways in which they've been inhibited or, or they haven't fully like come into their own authentic self. And sometimes you're like, Hey, like I'm not, you know, I'm not this little puzzle box that you need to solve for your life. Like I'm the protagonist in my own story. But uh, from my perspective, I do have a kind of morbid curiosity about like what it's like to see a queer person in the world and find them charming and then like figure something out about yourself through that as selfish as it might be. Yeah. I I think the person who has the most advanced, I guess, thoughts in this movie are is Hooper because not only is he the only one living his best life, he's also the one who brings up the fact that you cannot put everyone into a box of like, just because I'm gay doesn't mean we're all together and we all block think the same way, which is basically what he says earlier on. It's like, no, everybody's an individual. You can be gay, lesbian, straight, and still have shitty views and still be an asshole. I mean, I mean, Holden is, he's proving that you can be, have an awful goatee and be an asshole. <laughs> Again, the reason why Hooper is one of the best characters in the whole movie, most most likely the best character. Hooper is the best movie. character in this movie. That's not even a question. Yeah. yeah. How many minutes have you spent talking about Holden's goatee? 
Have you? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, it really bothers Jeff. He's been bringing that up a lot lately. <laughs> it's just, I mean, if you showed, you don't need to show me anything else. Like, pretend it's not Ben Affleck. If you just showed that facial hair, you're like, what is it, 1995, 6, 7, 8? Like, it's definitely in there somewhere. <laughs> or it's a man living out of time. And every once in a while, I will admit. it's cool? I think it's just supposed to read as it's like wearing flannel at that time. It's just like, yeah, this is how people. And I think they were just trying to make him look different than he did in Mallrats. Because Mallrats, he's clean shaven. And he looks 10 years older in this movie. And it's only, what, two years later? Wait, that's the same guy from Mallrats? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I need a new podcast co-host. <laughs> This is real. Guests are really just interviews to replace me. That's what he's doing. To be honest with you, so far everyone that I've had on is, is replacing you. <laughs> uh, thankfully, it's not the same tension going on on the couch here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we don't that tension. <laughs> yeah, he he is like your idiot friend. This is Holden, who's going to lay out what you're going to do that night, and by the time they're on the second sentence, you're like, I'm not doing anything. This moron saying. Uh, I'll put it in terms of like what tw- like twenty two year old like dude bros like all right here's the first thing we're gonna do we're gonna go out we're gonna go to strip club and then we're gonna go then we're gonna go to this after party and then we're all gonna go buy drugs from this guy and you're like I'm I'm out at the beginning all right like I I'm not first of all I'm not leaving my house at all and I don't want anything to do with anything you're saying but this guy's just gonna plow on all the way to the end he's gonna tell you his whole night's all set up and you're like well yeah you have fun with that oh yeah <laughs> he's so pleased well he with also himself. says he did. He he thinks he's <laughs> solved it. He, he it feels like he's just figured out how to do long division or something, and is like, I, I've got it. Like I've got the answer, and it's so bad. I want to know how many how many relationships have ever been saved by a hail mary threesome. Right. Well, that's what I was just going to ask. What do you think his plans for the future was after this? Were they going to all just live together? Were they going to be a throuple? No, that's the, the scary part was. <laughs> This wasn't like throwing it out there like, hey, we should all try to get into a relationship together. It was like, let's all have sex. Right. Well, let's start the relationship by having all having sex together. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. too. That's how like most good relationships just start. It's going to be one cathartic moment that is like going to solve it. And then he can go on being in a relationship with Alyssa. But where does that leave Banky having had this like huge realization, kissed and fucked his best friend, and then, <laughs> and then all just left by the wayside? I don't know. Oh. I think it's going to get a yeah. little weird. Yeah, I think it's going to get weird. And to add to that, like, <laughs> it's kind of blown over in this. Like, it, we're supposed to be talking about Banky's aware, awakeness to, like, his uh, homosexuality. What about Holden? Like, he's there, too. Like, until this point, we've never been led to believe that he wanted to be in a relationship with a man in any sort of way. But he... Well, whether he does or doesn't, he's willing, he's to, willing try. to try. It. Like, listen, I commend him for yeah. willing to just, like, oh, I'm, I'm up for anything. But, like, this is a weird... This is a really weird way to do it. <laughs> I feel like if they even tried to the extent of like going to a bed and taking their clothes off, it still wouldn't happen. Like <laughs> the second it got real, <laughs> but again, all of them would just leave. It's this. I think this is a tough task. If all three of you like each other, you have two of your participants actively hate each other and you're still going for this. Right. Did, uh, did she think, did he think she was going to be okay with this with banking? Imagine. Like she doesn't even Imagine like trying guy. to talk your significant other into a threesome. I I understand that's a dead stop right there for like ninety percent of the people listening. But like, but imagine the person you're trying to bring in is somebody they fucking hate. Like, yeah. hey, 
you know that guy, uh, you know Joe down the street who you despise. Can he be our th- our third? You know, not somebody we mutually <laughs> like, someone you dislike. Right. <laughs> it feels like you know in Arrested Development when Tobias and Lindsay are thinking about opening up their marriage, and Tobias is like, "Well, it's never worked for any of the couples I've advised to do it, but it just might work for us." Similar <laughs> harebrained logic going on here. And it'd be one thing if Holden knew this was a Hail Mary, like I've been calling it. Like, all right, these relationships are basically over. I'm going to take the one in a million shot. But he doesn't think he's doing that. He thinks this is like, well, I've done all the research. I've run it through the supercomputer, and this is what I've come up with. Yeah. And yeah it doesn't it, make a lot of sense. Yeah, your friends are not <laughs> – your friends are not variables that you can plug into an equation. And I think that's one of the great lessons of this movie is like, people are weird and complicated and have feelings and you can't just like, move them around to suit your whims. And just to let you know what kind of person he is, he's so busy trying to ram this into existence. He's not noticing (laughs) Alyssa shaking her head going, don't say it, don't say it. Oh, at the end of this minute, it looks like Banky and Alyssa are on the same page because they both drop their head in their hands. If, if you're talking about something <laughs> and your wife or girlfriend is shaking their head saying, don't say it, and looks on the verge of tears, you might need to reexamine what you're talking about. Yeah, it might be he, a bad idea. He, like, has to say it, though. You know what I mean? It feels like he has to go there or else he's never going to let it die. It's like he's got to run the ship into the ground. And does he think that's what Alyssa likes? Is that why? Like, is this in his head? Like, oh, she likes threesome. So let me make sure. Let me get her a threesome. And let me find out what it's like. And so I can be like her. That that is what he thinks. He thinks because she had a threesome when she was in high school, which Christ was 10 years ago. (laughs) Right. Could you imagine being 28, 29 years old? Bisexual reading. Sorry, Jeff. But yeah, it's like the stereotype people have about bi women is like, oh, bi women are just like promiscuous and down for anything. So like, he finds out he's had, uh, he finds out that she's had all these sexual experiences in the past. And, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm up for whatever, like, and you must be what up for whatever, too, because I you're have had multiple sexual experiences with people of multiple genders. And it's it, you can tell that it's something that she's encountered before. And it exhausts her to see him go down this road. Well, I, as I said earlier, um, I am under the impression that most men are basically, I mean, you're, you know, it's lizard brain most of the time. So I would love to take a a poll of women who tell their male partners that they're bisexual and exactly how long from the word since the word bisexual leaves their mouth does that man bring up the fact that he'd be down to have a threesome i i'm betting that percentage is pretty high <laughs> we had tyranny on last week she said it was the yeah, next it, sentence <laughs> it just oh my god it, it's like you could almost write it like you could almost see it yeah just think about all the men in your life i'm not saying all of them but you know there's a fair percentage that if they're wife girlfriend whatever said uh actually you know i've i've been thinking about it and you know i've re-examined my life and i feel like i'm bisexual they're not thinking like wow that's this is a real big moment for us they're thinking 
how can this benefit me? <laughs> yep. How can I benefit from from this? That's exactly what they're thinking. Yeah, it's a it's a frustrating stereotype to encounter. <laughs> I just I like I'm so hyper tuned into her face in in these minutes, just like <laughs> from realizing what he's going to say to lighting the cigarette. It's a great <laughs> performance, actually. I think it's some of her finest work in the movie. She absolutely does make you feel like she's disgusted and doesn't want to be and here. This minute is like a one minute movie because you get the beginning when he starts going into his thing and then we get down to the end and he finally says, we got to have sex with each other and it cuts to their reactions and they have great reactions, but they're slightly different. Banky's head comes up and he's shocked. I don't think he quite knew this is where this was going. Like he does. This seems to be new information for him where Alyssa's head drops because she knew this is where he was going and despite yeah. her best efforts, he still drove off this cliff. <laughs> she couldn't stop it. She couldn't hit the brakes. So, so do you think anything that happens like from this point in love with Holden, as Holden believes, I don't think so. I think he's lost. I think that's what the problem is. I think maybe he's always had feelings that he like. I think Hooper may have, the way that this movie's setting it up. I think Hooper was right. He said that boy loves you in a way he's not able to deal with. I don't know that he loves. He might. He kind of loves Holden. Maybe he does like men and that's why he's so homophobic he may fall into that that's a stereotype you see but it's a stereotype for a reason because it does happen but i think he's lost like the problem is they're all at different stages he's at like he's at like step one of whatever his sexuality is going to be at this point he's completely yeah. on day one holden's friggin' lost completely Alyssa's further along than both of them she's too far along to be involved with this bullshit <laughs> i also feel like he wanted to have sex with Alyssa from the beginning anyway so he was jumping in because she, she was involved too I, I still feel like just Holden lost. is going to come out of this like in a catatonic state like uh, he's just going to start over from a fetus like he, he just has to grow <laughs> up into a whole person again <laughs> well he never became you know he never totally grew up from the first time around so yeah, maybe he does grow up except it takes two more movies in 25 years <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, spoiler spoiler, spoiler. alert. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say the same thing. Well we see Yeah, they do the tie end. it up in he's the end. Doing there, okay. But. He's he's signing comic books. Well, well, that's what I said. In this movie, his character arc is a straight line until the very end. And then it does I mean, I'll give him this much at the end. Spoiler alert for the end. He does we see it seems like he changes, but like it doesn't seem like he's a totally different person. Just that he just he needed like two more steps to get over the I'm a real human now line. It, for a while, it seemed like Alyssa wanted to go with him, but he wasn't capable of it. So she went on her way, and he went on his. Do we think Holden's arc is much better, though? Like, I feel like that's also a straight line that becomes a cliff at the end. Like, th if there's one thing oh. I critique about the screenwriting, it's that, like, we it just does the convenient, like, let's flash forward and all the characters are in better places in their lives thing. Well, I think some of that is it's 90s, 90s indie movie thing of like, also, I'm not sure he knew how to end it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, if you got to have some sort of resolution where everyone in the audience doesn't want to kill themselves at the end of it. He's like, oh, my God, that was a depressing movie. <laughs> Everyone's sad at the end. Why did I watch this? <laughs> this should be the last minute of the film. I'm convinced now. <laughs> If it were made today, uh, oh, he no. would do the pitch, oh. and it would cut to them on the couch with like their respective reactions, and then just cut to black, directed. Credits. Credits. Uh, no, I would like it. It cuts after this minute, and then it fades to black, 
And then it's like the movie Clue, where you get like three different endings that come from this. You get like the yes. you get like the you get the ending you get, and then you get like the ending where like they actually do have sex and what the repercussions of that mess are. And I, you know, that wouldn't have been bad. <laughs> I don't know what the third one is. I just Hooper comes in and kills them all. I don't know what the third ending would be. <laughs> it just i'm i'm scared of the ending where they do go through with it and it just suddenly becomes the worst porn anyone has ever seen <laughs> all right i think now that we've brought up porn i think uh that might be all we got for this minute unless anybody's got anything specific to this minute they want to mention no nope. no i'm good i mean not that we're going to change locations or scenes or anything for the next minute <laughs> all right still got uh, the fish uh, oh yeah we still we got plenty of fish all right. Um, speaking of, uh, I have no segue. Do you want to do your plugs? <laughs> I was going to do a, a fish-related segue, but there was none. <laughs> um, sure, you asked me to plug. Yeah, plug away, plug away. Chris still has to go through his notes to do ours. Uh, I am Samantha, and I'm the co-host of You Should See the Other Guy. It's a podcast where we look at rom-com love triangles and make the case for the guy she rejected. So check us out. And we are the Jane Silent Bob Minute. We're on DuelingGenre.com. We did Clerks one minute at a time. We did Mall Rats one minute at a time. We're working our way through Chasing, chasing Amy now. We're heading for the finish line, actually. And that's all I got. You got anything else, Chef? Don't do this. Don't do this. I'm referring to you co-hosting on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't stop recording for that line. Yeah, I almost said we all got to have sex together, but then I feel like I would have to explain that for 15 minutes at the end. 